And they wanted to share it Started a website Where players go to see all their picks The goal was make the fans some money And to cut down the risk They put the plan into motion And at first it seemed silly Make a website where the expert picks Are freer than Willie From a racetrack veteran To just a beginner There's one place that you want to go To find you a winner As a matter of fact I want to hit the exacta There's only one site That you'll keep coming back to So next time that the horses All line up at the post Make sure you use the website That'll win you the most Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets Plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads RacingDudes.com for all of your bets RacingDudes.com as good as it gets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads RacingDudes.com for all of your bets RacingDudes.com as good as it gets what is up? I'm Jerry Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. It is Thursday, November 10th, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's up? Everything uh, everything going well with you? Everything? Your, your home, post-Breeders' Cup? How, how's it going? It's been great. I, I've needed... I've been... I was kind of telling you off-air, um, I've literally been on dad duty since pretty much right as soon as I got back. Um and so I haven't really had a ton of time or really wanted to, to be honest with you, to kind of look back into the Breeders' Cup stuff. And so I took a little bit of a break, got back into it today, went back through it all and kind of, you know, gave look at the analysis of, a little, you know, after having a little fresh uh, break, looked at all the races again. And I thought that was pretty helpful. So I mean, I'm, inter- I'm interested to get back into this with you and see kind of what your thoughts have been now that we've had you know, uh, you know, five days to kind of digest this. Yeah, for sure. I think now it's, it's taking it and how are we going to move forward off of it? What, what lessons did we learn handicapping wise, betting wise, who we, who do we like coming up now, now that uh, it's over and we're projecting on now to 2023 basically. So yeah, a lot to unpack a lot with the juveniles. I think it'll be fun to go through. I'm going to give out some special awards for some of the, the horses as well. So uh, we've got a lot to get into actually today. And I don't know about you. I mean, maybe, you know, you've had, you don't have kids. I, I, I'm tired. Like I have not caught up from our trip because I've been on go since, you know, with school and all the, all the things that accompany a week of, of having two little boys. So yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted still. Like I, I feel like I have not caught up from our trip. I don't, have you, do you feel, do you feel rejuvenated yet? No, not at all. I think I think anytime you're in the horse racing business, when it's the Breeders' Cup or it is uh, uh, the Kentucky Derby, you definitely get that hangover. And it, it definitely takes a week to kind of get over it. I think you see it even with fans. They're kind of a little bit fatigued after that. They'll come back about Friday when the big racing starts to come back. But yeah, everybody needs a few days to kind of detox from that one. And And, you know, it's such a massive event. You got 14 of the best races we have all year all in packed into two days and 
yeah, it's it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Because we're old, you know that that, that plays a factor now. We're, we don't we can't <laughs> we don't recover like we used to. You know, we used to That's you know not true. to mention not lack of sleep. You know, working our asses off, but lots and lots and lots and lots of alcohol was consumed, and in yep. uh, a, a matter of what four days and so it was uh that's been i think my body like i don't know but my body feels like it needs a complete just like uh a flushed out i need i need to go on a what are those called like a little uh like a, those little like a uh liquid diet type thing i need to get on some sort of uh <laughs> some sort of digestion um diet so i can kind of clear out the system because i think we drink enough alcohol to, to cover for the rest of the year there's no doubt. Yeah, you definitely need to, to reset the palate, so to speak. Cleanse the <laughs> cleanse the soul, maybe a little bit. <laughs> that too. Uh, yeah, know, we had all that help you that part of it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> if you saw us down uh, downtown Saturday night, I apologize. So, um, or you're welcome. However, you want to look at that, right? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, we had fun. It was a good trip, uh, good Breeders' Cup. Yeah, lots to talk about from performances that uh, uh, that that were unbelievable. Say like flight line and a few of these turf races, and to ones that were, were left scratching our heads and wondering what what do you do with these horses and kind of the disappointing aftermath of some of these. So um, I, I want to get into. Oh, by the way, dude. So I get we get home uh it was like 20 minutes before kickoff sunday night football chiefs game and i'm thinking you know like this is we'll play the titans i'm tired i've been driving all day i'm just gonna like chill out turn the game on and just enjoy it you know because and i dude i got the exact opposite of that yeah i i told you i said i feel like my hangover is getting worse as this game <laughs> progresses because it was getting tighter and tighter and he felt like it was just you could go either way that game dude how do you real quickly uh because i've a lot from the chiefs uh kingdom we've i've had i've seen a lot of mixed do you look at that game as a negative or a positive for the chiefs uh positive they won and I think that's that's in, in the NFL, that's really all that matters week to week. So that's positive. They won. Um, yeah. I mean, the Chiefs are wildly mediocre everywhere but two positions. That's my thoughts on the Chiefs. And the two positions they're not mediocre in, they're fantastic. And so that makes up for a ton of issues and problems. Will it be in, you know, can Mahomes and, and, and Kelsey kind of carry them all the way to a Super Bowl? I'm not sure, but they make up for a ton of issues that the Chiefs have. Well, Mahomes is just, he's, it's not, I mean, I, we, you just run out of words to talk about him. I mean, he's, what he does, I mean, he literally put that game on his back um, the whole game, frankly. He, you know, even whenever he couldn't get anything done with his, with receivers, um, he was running the ball. He had like 70 yards <laughs> rushing, a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Like he literally had to get that game tied himself. And uh, yeah, I think that I, I looked at it as two different ways. Like, yeah, I think they won. And and uh, and the way they won was a real gutty win. You know, they kind of played that Titans type football that they were, that usually gets them beat um, in a game like that. The Titans, for whatever reason, have our number. Uh, in the regular season, especially, 
but I love the way they gutted it out. But on the flip side, yeah, you do wonder, you know, like Mahomes can't do, he can't throw the ball 65 times or whatever it was uh, every game. And he can't, you know, you rely on him. Like he can't be your leading rusher every game either. So there are some concerns uh, I think there as well. But like you said, in the NFL, plus you got Josh Allen. I, I saw him uh, get some injury situation happening maybe with his arm. So that all of a sudden, and with them losing last week, I mean, this AFC is wide open uh, for that number one seed. So that, anything can happen. Anyways, just wonder your take on that because I, I, uh, I personally felt great about it. Um, and it was on, as soon as that game was over, I literally crashed on the couch because I, I think my emotions and my body was just ready to just be done with that day and be done with that game. I can see why. Yeah, that was definitely a, a stressful one. And, you know, I think in the first half, they just weren't quite ready on defense. And then then they were getting the stops like you thought they would get. And the offense couldn't score. And so, yeah, it was it was wild. But, yeah, that that is now very wide open. Who knows what's going to happen with Josh Allen? We'll just have to see if he plays this week. Because um, if he's not there, they're not going to be very good either. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, I mean, that's two teams there, Chiefs and, and the Bills, who are wildly uh, not great without their two quarterbacks. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. All right, uh, let's get – this is not a sports show. Uh, it's a horse racing show. we got a ton to talk about from the Breeders' Cup. Our final thoughts about what we learned from the 2022 Breeders' Cup. We're going to recap the 39th Annual Breeders' Cup World Championships from Keenan. What were some of the best performances? What were some of the worst performances? What betting wins did we have? What mistakes were made? Uh, in that department is Flightline the best horse of all time we'll get into that we'll answer a ton of questions whatever you have make sure you hit us in the chat let's go the 39th annual breeders cup world championship championships is a wrap it's a hell of a time from keeneland we had 14 breeders cup races that were just uh, for all over the place in terms of upsets and 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 favorites winning and horses you thought would win the horses you had no idea would win all across the board we're gonna go through each and every one of these races that we saw let's kick things off with friday's um juvenile turf sprint this was race six and you know love reigns was our pick it was a lot of people's pick it was the favorite of the race and honestly you know you it's kind of a trend it feels like you know in this kind of race, you knew this race was over um, for her pretty quick when when she wasn't fast enough to get to the lead or anywhere close to the lead, and then kind of got swallowed up. This race was over when they drew all the speed to the outside. It really made things a mess. Just really interesting how it all favor or all broke down, how it all kind of played out. Uh, you know, I, I liked Magical Mischief. I used on a pick five ticket. I couldn't have got that horse to win though, as far as a top pick because. Uh, you know, I, I just didn't think it would play out exactly like that. And I, you know, again, the speed kind of just made everything crazy in this race. I really liked Private Creed in a pace meltdown, and he ran well, but he was got third. And the Europeans finally get it done uh, for uh, the, the juvenile uh, turf sprint. Yeah, I mean, they basically, we bucked all the trends here. You know, it was, that was, that's what made it hard. Came from way out of it, and Euros one you know so it's like it just it you know, really ran one two even so it made it it made it tough to even get to this horse like you said although i gotta say, i mean 
Buick had a few amazing rides over the two days, and this was definitely one of them. This was a fantastic ride, I thought, um, on this shift magic to kind of uh, kind of wait and then angle out and get that run late. I thought was, I thought it was a really nice, uh, patient ride for Buick here. Well, there's no doubt. I bet the ride kind of won the race. And, you know, the horse has to accelerate when you give the horse the chance to do it. And, and he did. So give credit to Magical Mischief. But yeah, it, or, or Mischief Magic, I should say. But it was it was really incredible to watch him. Um, you know, sometimes I think we make too much of, well, you need a local jockey. Ah, I mean, when you got great jockeys, they, they can ride anywhere. And yeah, it was it was really impressive. And it had to feel good for the European contingent to get this one. This was one they hadn't won yet. And so to get home a winner here uh, to kick it off, and it was just foreshadowing for what it was going to be. I mean, my goodness, did the European horses run extremely, extremely well. And in many cases, not only they won, but they also were getting in those second and third spots as well. All over the place. They won every turf race you could, except for one. We'll get to that one coming up, which was hard to even um, fathom that one. But yeah, you're right. I think this race, um, I don't know, like the bummers of this race, I guess you could call them is uh, obviously, you know, Tyler's tribe. Uh, that was a head scratcher alone even be in this race got banned off that was unfortunate um the platinum queen was the horse that i really liked uh kind of besides um love reigns and you know that horse did not fire whatsoever got just got smoked so those were some you know it was one of those races that like you said once the speed drew where it did it just made the race kind of hard to predict on how they would come out of the gate and then from then you kind of knew some of these horses were in a lot of trouble yeah, Tyler's tribe actually bled during the race. Um, so that's why he was kind of pulled up and banned off. Kind of some controversy there but about what, like, why do we continue to do this no Lasix thing when this is, you know, horses bleeding is very easy uh, to control with a drug that is uh, legal. So I can't explain why we keep doing this stupidity. It's hard enough to try to predict if a horse is gonna show up or not, let alone, hey, now he's off Lasix, will he bleed or not? You know, so that was unfortunate. You know, they had worked hard to get him there and then that happens. But yeah, I mean, overall, look, this this wins the award. I'm gonna give out awards for a lot of these races. We'll, we'll just say this wins the award for a uh, race we'll never really remember. <laughs> in, in like two years, we will not even remember this race. I have a feeling. The Dundee Award for the most forgettable race of the Raiders Cup is yeah. that one. And it was the first one, so it's easy to forget. Let's go to the next one on Friday, race seven. Um, juvenile Phillies. You know, Halterman, you and I were both pretty, actually, I think the entire team, maybe you said Samich, was pretty pretty heavy on, let's try to beat Chocolate Gelato here. Makes a lot of sense as a favorite. But hang on, Chop Chop gets hammered in this race, actually goes off the favorite. And sure enough, we were right to bet against the favorite, only we picked Chop Chop. Because we didn't think Chop Chop would come off as a favorite. Certainly didn't think the horse would run this bad. I mean, the horse was awful, awful. Chocolate Gelato, Chop Chop run last and second to last here. Wonder Will comes from off of it and just really looks good. TGAF gets his first Breeders' Cup win. I I looked at this race and thought, you know, maybe we just overthought this one. Like, Wonder Will has been really good. And Wonder Will continued to look really good in the field that is maybe not that great anyways. I just think it was a situation and, and something that we can really take from this 
you know, as, as handicappers, we always get caught up on pace and race shape and stuff like that. When they're two-year-olds, they don't really have an established running line form yet, right? So Wonder Wheel was one that I, I played on a saver ticket for a pick five, but I, I didn't put in an exact as or tries because I thought this horse would get kind of burnt up by the pace. This horse had been on the lead. Yeah. It came from 11th in the spot. So what happened, like, yeah, the pace melted down, but she showed a different tactic, and you would never think that's going to happen. And I think with two-year-olds sometimes, they don't really even know how they want to run or where they want to be. They just kind of fall into place. And so pace handicapping, I think, with two-year-olds really makes that tough. And I feel like that's what happened in this spot. And, you know, you talk about Chop Chop, who was horrible. Wonder Wheel was behind Chop Chop early on in this race, which is just crazy to think because we thought Wonder Wheel would be up on the lead. So again, I, I think when it comes to pace, don't absolutely mark a horse off because you might think they're against, you know, the pace because they might be versatile and you just don't know it yet because they haven't been asked to do it. You know, when I went back and watched this one today, I, I, I couldn't, I know we talked about it um, the day of, of course, and saw it, but man, Rosario really rode Chop Chop like she was going to be the best horse of the field by far i mean wrote she was she was wide the whole way around never had any interest in getting the horse tucked in or anything which if you remember from her last race one of the reasons why i liked her so much was she got into so much trouble and was kind of weaving in and out and doing her thing and then this time it's like he kept her wide the whole way and obviously just had zero kick late i think that you know obviously took a lot out of her um so that was weird to me uh, and then Raging Sea is a horse. I, To me, I look back at this and think, I think Raging Sea is the best horse of this group. It's just we have not been able to see her run kind of a normal race from a normal post position. She looks really talented, and that's one of those, I think, um, when I look forward to this move, moving forward, she's one that I really want to keep an eye on. She kind of feels like she might be a Zandon type for the Phillies next year, you know? Um, Always running yeah, okay, I but yeah, I know. You had that yeah, I, I think she's going to progress pretty well. I think she's going to be a pretty nice horse. This was another big story. The post positions, you know, a lot of times we make too big of a deal out of it. But they really told the story uh, of some of these races here. It's 13 and the 14 get second and third, but, you know, it couldn't work out trips quite good enough. I know the 13 got out to the front and that kind of helped. But and in the last race, all the speed to the outside made it made for a weird race shape. So, yeah, I mean, this is one. The one thing I'll tell you, I look back and watch this. The winner is really good. I, I thought the winner ran fantastic in here. So Wonder Wheel, one I didn't love going into the race, coming out of it, it's like, yeah, that's that's a pretty impressive effort to win by that many links. And back-to-back -back brilliant rides, this time by T-Gap, like I mentioned. I mean, that, just to have the, the patience, and I don't know, you know, if that was the plan all along, um, to, to have the horse sit that far back, but the way this horse kind of did and then of course kind of just scooted up the rail in the turn and then kicked out like that that was a very professional effort from a two-year-old a very patient and professional effort by the jockey i thought so um you know there was some there were some uh, some jockeys put on a clinic uh, at the breeders cup and this was one of them i thought for sure tyler gaffleon's first win in a breeders cup race as well uh, that was good to see he was really celebrating so that was impressive give an award for this race or are we moving on most boring race award. 
<laughs> I agree. And, and what's funny is that that was the, that was the one to five favorite for that award before the race. So yeah, um, it, 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 it definitely turned out to be for sure. It it, it lived up to the hype um, or non hype, I should say. All right, let's go to the mm-hmm. next race, race eight, the Juvenile Phillies Turf. Um, meditate a horse that I think uh, I know I tried to beat. I used, but tried to beat the horse. You did too. Definitely got definitely was wrong on this one. Ryan Moore meditate uh you know obviously the euros continued the dominance and uh, you just look at aiden o'brien what he did though over the weekend another horse another really really nice ride and just a clear standout um as they ran this race this one gets the award for most surprising horse of the breeders cup award for me not that this horse won but the dominance that this horse won by meditate was awesome in this race Really didn't think she would stretch out and improve, but she did. She absolutely dominated this group. Again, I, I was not expecting mid-stretch to think, well, there's no doubt who's winning this one, you know, and that's and that yeah. was Meditate. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and give the award out. The most surprising horse to me of the Breeders' Cup was Meditate. And again, not because of the win, but because the way she did it, it was really, really impressive. Just beat the shit. I mean, and like you said, like the longer they went in that race, the better she looked. She just kept extending, extending. It was really nice effort. Um, another really patient uh, ride. But, you know, and I look back, you know, Free Look was the horse that you and I picked. I think a lot of us like this horse, obviously. Um, you know, I don't, the horse was never going to win. Let's make that clear. But the horse definitely had some major traffic issues uh, in, the, in the stretch. Finally got some run. I think the horse ran better than, what, sixth or whatever um but definitely was not a threat here whatsoever and honestly i looked at this and just thought it's it's meditate and then it was everybody else like i really don't care (laughs) we're not great are we with these turf horses these juveniles right now Mm -hmm. i mean this was this was not a really a good effort from any of them like said a couple of them had some trouble but you know moving forward and maybe maybe we can remember these horses that were in this race and moving forward think okay when they get in regular stakes, well, here's a new shooter. Well, maybe we can go with the new shooter who might be a bigger price than some of these that are established. I was not impressed with the rest of the field at all because like, Meditate no. was under wraps. Like, it's not like she was all out in this spot. No, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Meditate again next year. Um, you know, obviously as, as a three-year-old, but into this division because this is a, she looks like the, I mean, she ran like a horse that's, it's a legit horse that's going to be running in a lot of big races overseas, of course, and then hopefully we get to see her back. But yeah, that, I, I looked at, you know, this is to me, it's meditate, and then I really, anything else underneath that, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, all right, main race of the day. Actually, you know what, these last two, but honestly, the race of the day was a, the, the race after this. But on paper, the race of the day, race nine, uh, the FanDuel Breeders' Cup Juvenile, course four two-year-olds and not you know leading up to the kentucky derby um with points on the line here as well cave rock went off as a monster favorite two to five three to five um just got smoked on on, on, and we had we knew this horse would be that low of odds and we still thought this horse no way this horse can lose forte gets the job done national treasure runs third cave rock second you know i look when i look back at this race to me, it was, and, and you can tell you you tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I just felt like if this was more uh, about Cave Rock running, not running what we what we expected, or at least what he's been running, versus Forte being like this unbelievable monster. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think 
Forte improved slightly off of his last race at Keeneland that he won, where he battled Loggins all the way in the stretch. But I'm with you. It was more about Cave Rock didn't show. And he didn't he didn't run just awful, but he didn't have any acceleration. He didn't have any kick. He didn't have any, you know, I'm going to get away from, from the rest of these horses. He slightly started to put away National Treasure, I mean, a bit. And then it was just like, he's kind of running in place. I, I kind of described it. He looked like he he kind of was tied up in knots the whole race even. He just he just kind of, he didn't look very fluid. He didn't have that motion that we had seen from him. And then he didn't change his leads and it was just a boy. Just kind of a disaster of a race a little bit. And then like you said, with Forte, I don't think you can underestimate his move that he made. That was a big time move. That was a move when you scale back, you see it. It's like he's going to win type of move. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think Cave Rock just didn't didn't quite bring it, and Forte brought it plus some. It was uh, it was not like at first, and for half a second, it kind of looked like uh, he wasn't going to fire at all. Yeah, Forte, that is. It kind of was seemed like he was getting kind of slow, getting going there in the turn. And then, like you said, once he, and I do think once he. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a, a visual effect in terms of Cave Rock not firing as well, and so it kind of looked better than maybe it really was. But yeah, he's he's a he's a real deal, um, Forte. That is Cave Rock. I, I I agree with you everything you said. I, I just it's like you kept waiting for him to. You know, you, there's no nothing about the replay that I saw where I'm like, okay, that was a legit excuse, or that happened, or this happened. Like I felt like he was ridden great. I thought Hernandez rode him like he was going to win by five or ten like it was not a nothing major they weren't going ultra fast especially not k-rock standards um and honestly for a second national treasure got up there close to him you kind of thought okay these two are just gonna run away with this thing like they're just gonna they're gonna move past this field and they just stopped and then forte just kind of picked up you know picked up where they kind of left off so to speak so yeah um i, I think what was the oh it's all the question i believe what was it 100 buyer he got for this race no, it's in the nineties. Ninety-two, I want to say, or ninety-four. No, no, the winner. Forte. Ninety-two or ninety-four, I want to say. Was it that low? Here up real quick. Um, let's see. Well, either way, I mean, I, I definitely nothing. I didn't think it came back. Um. Here you go. It's uh 400. You got 100 even. Is the 100? Okay. 83 80, 83 for Wonder Will. Um maybe that's what I was thinking of. Okay. But uh yeah, I mean 100 for 40 you know, K-Rock had been running what do you K-Rock like a 104 or something uh last time out before that. Obviously um Forte kind of ran maybe a little bit better than normal but I don't know. I, to me, what are you doing with these two moving forward? But I guess you can throw in National Treasure because he's obviously a horse that's you know, trained by Baffert and is going to be in a lot of these big races. But these top three, um, before the race, we kind of thought there were several in here that had a chance at being, um, you know, legit derby type contenders. So what are you doing with a bunch of these? I think the top two are legit derby type contenders, and I don't think the rest of them are. Um, I, I don't love National Treasure. Um, I, I think he might, might be like a, 
you know, Sham winner, Robert B. Lewis winner. So I think he, he kind of, that's the ceiling there. He kind of reminds me of New Grange a little bit. I think he might be that kind. The fourth place finisher, Blazing Sevens, maybe kind of get him going. He, he didn't run horribly, but I think really the top two are the, are the really serious ones. Um, I, I think they're both number one and number two. I, I would put Forte one, Cave Rock two going into this. Uh, I haven't seen anybody else uh, going two turns yet that I'm really excited about. Some prospects that have went one turn that we're going to see what they do next time out. It's a whole different ball game when you stretch out. But for, for right now, I've got Forte one and Cave Rock two. I will say, though, I have Forte. Uh, I have given an award to Forte. And I believe he is the horse most likely to flame out after the Florida Derby. Forte would win that award for me. He just has wow. Florida Derby winner and then eighth in the Kentucky Derby, and we never see him again written all over him. It's oddly, oddly specific award you well, just gave. We've seen it a hundred times with that Florida Derby winner. <laughs> I mean, going into the race, I kind of thought that you know, Kate Rock's going to roll because that's what we're, you know, that's what he yeah. does, uh, especially Baffert as a two year old. Um, and Forte is kind of the horse that's going to have that January to April run, you know, that's kind of what I was envisioning. So you got to assume that he's going to come back, but, uh, and, and run well if he races, but I don't necessarily disagree. Um, he's a nice horse though right now. Uh, not to mention you have cave rock, but just to mention a couple others, you had Baffert who, uh, brought a couple of, a couple more over, um, to run in some of these, uh, two-year-old races as well um on the undercard and uh, you had uh arabian lion who finished second uh to giant mischief early in the card on friday and then on saturday you had a kind of a freaky performance from arabian knight um who won by over seven uh, both of course owned by uh zidane same as taba uh, big purchase horses obviously trained by bob baffert so Two more two-year-olds trained by Bob Baffert. Wouldn't be surprised if one of those two end up surpassing Cave Rock at some point as three-year-olds. Yeah, that, that's kind of on the list. So they haven't went two turns yet, but let's see what they do when they when they have a when they when they able to go two turns. And yeah, throw in the the Brad Coxworth you mentioned as well. There's three right there that look pretty darn good. Askewson debuted a good one-turn horse at that Keeneland meet as well, not on Breeders' Cup weekend, but at the Keeneland meet. So there's some that are there and there's some that are kind of lurking. And again, I when you project these juveniles, I know last year, we, immediately after the race, we just did not think that juvenile was very good. I remember storming the courts here. We didn't think that juvenile was very good. I think we're gonna blend here. I think, I think the top ones are pretty decent out of there, but if you're not facing those top ones in those next round of prep races, don't be afraid to take a little bit of a price on kind of the horse that didn't make the Breeders' Cup, but he's coming on uh, in the right time during the three-year-old season because I did not really love much else out of that race other than those top two, and then maybe the next two, we'll see. We'll just see where they're spotted. Yeah, I mean, based off past trends, uh, you know, overwhelmingly trends anyways, that is that we'll see a derby runner. Uh, Forte would be a horse that will make it to the derby, and I think it seems like that would, even though he might be, he might flame out, as you said, or he'll probably have enough points to get in, you would assume. Um, so he seems like this that trend will kind of get back on, on track um, this coming up year. All right, let's go to what I feel like was the race of the day. Turned out to be the race of the day. The juvenile turf. This dude was awesome. Victoria Road, Silver Knot. 
just nose to nose at the wire. Both of them had kind of brutal trips, especially Silver Knot, who just came flying late, and and, and Victoria Road uh, did the same thing. Like this was, it was one of those. It finally felt good. I had a big cash on this one. It finally felt good to kind of see those two horses kind of skirt clear of the field and feel like, all right, we got one. This is what we thought that would happen in this race. Well, there were some anxious moments though during 99% of that race. I, I, I mean, this was incredible. The the trip Silvernot got was not great. And he finally got loose, looked like he was gonna win. And Victoria Road was able to, to kind of nose him out there at the wire in a, in a fantastic effort. Another race where our horses just weren't good from American side of things. Um, neither one of these horses got great trips, right? And they were still able to finish one, two in this race. Kind of shows you just how much better they were than everybody else in here. You're right. It was a great race. Um, unfortunately, you know, moving forward, I don't, I don't know where we'll see these horses next. Probably not in the United States for a while, um, at least, in, you know, until the bigger races come around, maybe they come back. But this is another one from American betting standpoint. I don't know if I want these horses that finish behind because no. they didn't look too good. But these two Europeans were fantastic. No, I don't think you really do. Um, what I, I you can't like you said like the the trips were not good. But even though yeah, Silver Knots was worse, Victoria Road certainly didn't get a great trip either. They very patient rides by both. Once again, Ryan Moore, William Buick, just put on clinics on the turf over here in the United States. It was really impressive rides on both those horses. Well, you know that's the thing, like other other than Caravelle, which we'll get to uh, here in a sec you know these euro horses and these tra euro trainers like even the ones that didn't win like you mentioned earlier like there was a there's plenty of u.s horses that didn't show up when these euros come over man like they they bring it and and you can you can almost depend on them every time to run you know like the, for instance this race i i, put, I played a 50 dollars exacta box one four. I was like, I think these are two the two best horses. And yeah, I got lucky with the trips, but you know, basically then able to get through the trips, I should say. But you felt like they would run the race, and they did. Like they were the best horses of the race. And it, when you can return seven hundred dollars off of that kind of wager off of these two euros, it almost it's like, well, that was easy because these are clearly the two best horses of the race. Well, you say you got lucky with the trips. You got unlucky with the trips, and you still cashed it. And so that's that's exactly right. I mean, they were just much the best. And listen, you you got to talk about Charlie Appleby because this what he's doing is not normal. Uh, this is incredible. And I trust me, I realize the quality of horse he has is really spectacular. To just to come over here and they all fire is fantastic. And I, he didn't win this one, but he probably had the best horse in this one. But he won other ones. Every horse he brings over here runs, and it's it's really quite incredible. And then you got Aiden O'Brien, and he's just the mainstay, man. I mean, he just brings it. You know, he brings the cavalry charge over here. He lines them up, and and you're right. You can always count on him um, at the Breeders' Cup as well to to fire uh, with his horses. I mean, you know, always is a strong word, but most of the time they come over here and they fire. And we'll get to that point. I, I have some. Some lessons. It wasn't all good betting. Uh, we'll get to that for Saturday because there's some lessons I learned as well. Um, that's the thing. You're always learning, right, in this game. Mm -hmm. and even whenever you, you feel like you know it all, 
uh, from a betting standpoint or whatever. I learned a lot on Saturday. I kind of got humbled a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I want to talk about that coming up here in a second. But that was the end of, okay, do you have an award for this? Uh, the award for this one, I, I, I look back through them all. I'm going to say the most exciting race award was this one. This was super exciting for the whole time because you knew those horses were in some trouble. So say you bet against them, you felt good. You felt like, oh man, I may get away with one here. You know, the favorites are boxed in this and that. And then it was the anxious moments of the holes were open, but they were, they were small and you got to go through them or not. You didn't know. And then when they pull away, it's like, who's going to win between the two. It, for me, this was the most exciting uh, race. This was fun too. You know, we had just kind of gotten deflated. We went out and watched cave rock, uh, not win outside and we came back in we were watching the races up at, up at the bcbc room with samich and dr tang and of course us and magic and, all. And, and we all had something whether it be the exacta or the winner or whatever we all had something on this result and so our table just went nuts when this mm -hmm. result happened and this they kind of skirted home and you knew you had it because it had been that kind of day and so this was like a it felt like we ended the day strong we did end the day strong and it was like you know what we had a tough day but we finally kind of got some momentum going into tomorrow um and then tomorrow happens so let's get let's get let's get to tomorrow would meaning saturday's racing and uh we'll kick the arabian night uh let's kick off with race three the philly and mare sprint and you know halterman all this speed signed on in this race we thought you know what this is going to be a, an unbelievable pace meltdown obligatory um is going to be just seemingly going to be flying home and then echo zulu decided you know what we're not going to sit off or we are not going to go we're going to sit off a little bit and i thought that was an incredible effort good night all set off obviously as well but the the pace wasn't like unbelievably fast the second fraction was but really the, those two horses sitting off kind of limited what obligatory um could do uh turning for home yeah, I mean, and that's just it. I mean, obligatory didn't show up with a very good race, but the pace wasn't just crazy. However, it did kind of melt down. The top three finishers weren't around at the, or the top three horses when the when, when for the early running were not around at the end. But it was the stalkers that got the job done. You mentioned Echo Zulu changed tactics and was able to get second here. Wicked Halo kind of stalked the pace for third, and then of course the winner, Good Night Olive, also a stalker and. Wow, she was just much, much, much the best. This was probably the, other than Flightline, the easiest uh, looking winner of the of the lot. You never really thought she was going to lose down the stretch. And like I said, those deeper closers, CC and Obligatory, they still made they made up ground, but the Stalkers didn't come back to them, and so there they finish in fourth and fifth. So, um, God, just give credit to Goodnight Olive. My goodness, she has turned into a superstar. Yeah, what is that like? Uh six in a row or something for good yeah, night I, I mean, mean she, she, she's been incredible that was a really nice performance and, and with cc i thought cc yeah, i picked cc to win i love the price 11 to 1 i'd probably play her again at that price i thought she ran like i wanted her to run she just didn't have the kick that she normally you know has had in years past and obviously i think um maybe just the age and and, and he's getting a little bit to her uh but you know turning for home it looked like for a second like okay here you go like she's gonna come try to get them and then 11 to 1 it was uh she had a nice effort wicked halo kind of i thought drawing that 11 post i thought gap t gaff had a really nice ride with her and kind of tucked her in and got 
it was like I, I went back watch replay you know and i was like how is it that cc's wide and wicked halo is on the rail like i thought that was a really smart ride um from t got to kind of get as much out of her as he could yeah i thought it was great he, he did a really good job on that horse as well uh yeah listen i i just think end of the day like cc obligatory they echo wicked they all fired they all kind of did if you bet them it's like that's kind of what i wanted from them they were just not as good as good night olive and and that that horse i i just have been shocked at the level of improvement she just keeps showing race after race yeah i mean that not to be clear like she didn't just win she she dusted them i mean she that was a very professional effort for a horse that kind of seemingly is in the toughest race of her career each race right yeah each race they run it's it's tougher than the last and she just keeps showing up and yeah i do think echo zulu is another one you can't quite write off given that post position as well i thought she ran well i thought she ran really well frankly and showed a little bit of a new dimension that she doesn't need to get on that uh, pace and still kind of track and, and she ran well she just clearly was second best um yep. but if they just is she is she gonna stick around you know like for next year i've heard that yeah so i'm pretty sure they're bringing uh, her back and wicked halo will be back as well so there's a couple of good little sprinters there good night all of they announced today also will be back so it sounds like the top three are coming back well, that's a good division then um heading into next year any any award here before we move on the award for she strangled him uh, goes to Goodnight Olive and trainer Chad Brown. The strangle them award. The what? The strangle them award. Okay. Just strangled him. All right. Yeah. Turned for home and she had him by the neck and she strangled him. <laughs> it's like strang strangler. All right. Got it. Right, exactly. Uh, let's go to the next race. Race four. Here we go. This is pretty much the biggest doozy of the of the two days. The turf sprint. I think we all knew, right? We knew the horse would go gate to wire in this race. Like that's what we expected to happen. We just didn't expect that the horse we thought would do it would break last due to some maybe questionable gate tactics. We'll, we'll talk about that. But Caravel, she got she got it done at forty almost forty three to one. Went gate to wire. And I think that was to me the 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 ultimate, you know, obviously Golden Pal not breaking, you knew pretty quick, hey, we ain't gonna hit this one. But the fact that she won gate to wire was like the ultimate stab in the back. She's like, really? That's she won gate to wire? Like then Golden Pal, I feel like even more confident Golden Pal would have got it done. Um just, you know, this was a disappointment from the start. Really one of those that you knew we weren't catching from the moment they broke. Well, first of all, let's give credit to the winner because she ran a gutty race. I mean, that was just fantastic. And she deserves credit. She does. I mean, that's not easy to go out there and take them gate to wire uh, a filly beating the boys. Uh, really, really, really impressed with how she was able to do it. So uh, major credit goes to her. Now, let's get to the BS situation of it. If she can take him gate to wire, you would think Golden Pal could have taken them gate to wire. Why was there not even a, a look at this? Why not an inquiry into this? He was being held at the gate. I don't get it. They why why didn't we even look at this? I mean, I, I, I don't understand. And I, I didn't see the replay until we got home that night. And, you know, I just assumed he didn't break well. And you watch it, it's like, there's definitely a case he could have been a non-runner in this race. Yeah, the... the, uh, the gate assistant or whatever was holding them whenever they broke 
So nobody else and then, was. Yeah. And yeah, it, it became pretty clear that once they once they broke and the horses last, I mean, you're like, what happened? And like you said, he thought you know because he had issues of maybe somewhat depending on who you ask of of not breaking great, and so he kind of assumed that's what happened. And then he looked again. Well, he couldn't go. His head went sideways, and then he went. So that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's a bummer that, that you couldn't even see, and you know, um, the connections have to be just super if they're seeing what we see super irate that 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 happened like that you know i I just don't get it and if there's an inquiry and they determine it that he wasn't held it's like well at least they looked at it but for for you if you bet golden pal if you single golden pal which i did you watch that replay it's like how does that give you confidence you know in the stewards because this is the biggest weekend of our of our season at least act like you're looking at it you know at least check into it why is the best breaking horse in our country last at least take a look and i just don't i don't get it i don't get it and maybe they they look at it and go well his hand was there but he wasn't held or something like that i mean i live with it but i don't know i just thought that was that was very odd and when they didn't throw up the inquiry sign, I just assumed, well, he just he stumbled or whatever. And I didn't think anything of it until we got back to watching the replay. So I, I don't get it. I mean, it's, and people might say, well, who cares? Well, the, you know, you, you, if he's declared a non-starter, you get your money back. So, I mean, that would, that would have been helpful uh, in a situation that I, we bet a big win bet on him thinking he couldn't lose. So... I mean, I, and I'm, you know, I'm watching the replay, and I just go, if you guys go to Twitter or something, you guys can search for it, and, and you can see a lot of a lot of posts about it. it. It's, I mean, it's pretty clear, it feels like, that he's being held. Uh, and and, and it, I'm also kind of surprised. I didn't hear any kind of bitching or complaining from Irad about it. I don't know if you've seen that, but, like, you would think there have been more conversations about why he didn't break. Yeah. You would think, and maybe, and like I said, maybe at the end of the day, Irad knew that it wasn't that big a deal, and you know he wasn't getting held. I don't know, I don't know, but again, it was just a, it was an unfortunate thing. So this one, this one wins the award for you know dumbest race of the Breeders' Cup because you just you knew, well, everything we talked about, everything we were looking for, it's like, well, this is just a wide open scramble now, and and you got what you got, right? And here's the other thing. And like you mentioned it, you kind of briefly mentioned it. We tried to look at this and go, well, okay, I think Golden Pal can be beat in the spot, right? But then the more you handicapped, you're like, well, there's no, there's no really like really great horse in the race. And that was proven to be true. Because as good as Carvel ran, a good horse is gonna run her down. And they couldn't. Yeah. And so that makes it even worse. It's like, yeah, all he had to do was have his normal trip. They weren't going to catch him in this spot. No, I mean, no one would have caught him because, like you said, no one could catch Caraville. No one's catching Golding Powell. Um, and, you know, like, you look back at Cave Rock, say, for instance, that was one of those where you're just like, you really, it's, you're upset, obviously, you, you know, but at the same time, you're like, listen, I, he just didn't run. Like, but in this case, when you feel like you never even got a chance, that's that's what's irritating about it. You know, like yep. when you know that you can basically they break and you can start walking back and know that you're not you're not going to cash that ticket because of what happened. That's what's irritating about the result. But uh, and and like I said, the icing on the cake was 
like if there's like a total meltdown here, then that, that may be one thing. Or like Campanelli or someone runs like off the screen, then you're like, well, that would have been tough to beat. But in this case, when you have a 43 to one winner in Caravelle who went gate to wire, that's that makes it even harder to kind of to, to stomach, you know? Salt on the wounds for sure, for sure. And and Dan made a good point here. Dan points out that he loved the three in this spot, but he didn't think the 10 had any chance of winning. And I'm with kind of with Dan. I, I thought the three had a shot if Golden Powell wasn't going to be the winner. And I thought the three was going to win most of the stretch and just could not get by the 10 Caravelle. So yeah, it's a really interesting it, it, situation. And I like the one, Creative Force. When I saw that horse kind of taking off of that, oh, here here this horse comes to kind of run them yeah. all down. Still couldn't get there either. So it's hard to believe Car Caravelle. Um, held him off but uh oh by the way i thought also thought uh um highfield princess was pretty disappointing here um oh, for yeah. a horse that i another horse that i thought if it's not going to be golden pal i like highfield princess just didn't quite have it either another horse that just couldn't get <laughs> couldn't get to that winner um so yeah so, just uh listen this year's juvenile okay juvenile turf sprint I'm talking about was an anomaly. Usually the Europeans that sprint that come over here don't show up quite as well as the routers. And that's kind of what you saw from their best ones, their most hyped ones. They did not come over here and run very well in those sprints. Kind of the ones that were less hyped were the ones that ran well in those races. Yeah, this has been another race that obviously, like, you know, I always lean towards the U.S. horses because they usually dominate these sprints, um, the turf sprints, for the reason you're saying. And um, it kind of showed, you know, showcased the fact that, like you said, Caravelle won. Um, another reason why you love Golden Pal and uh, why the other result on Friday was so surprising that you had a horse um, kind of come from way out of it and, and win from the Euro side. Um, all right, let's go to race five on Saturday, the uh, Big S Fans uh, Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Favorite, Cody's Wish. What a, I mean, like you know, you watch this, and I don't know, but I, I watched the, the telecast version, the NBC version uh, replay, and that was a really cool moment after he won. And just with Cody, the who the horse is named after, who was a Make-A-Wish uh, kid that was there, and just that the reaction from that, that group, and just a really... It was a feel-good moment for sure of the Breeders' Cup. I felt like, um, and it was even for us when we were there. You know, they, we were showing him, and that was amazing to see. From a race standpoint, you know, it was either Cybernet for Cody's Wish. I think was pretty clear. Uh, a lot of people tried to beat Cody's Wish, and those two just threw it down late. But Cody's Wish, man, this horse is really good. No doubt. This is uh, the feel-good story of the Breeders' Cup Award. No doubt is Cody's wish. He's turned into such a nice horse. I'm telling you, this this was a great race. You go back and watch this race again and again. You lay, you you described it best. They laid it down. Cody's wish and Cyber Nice get clear of these other horses. They were battling back and forth. Cody's wish got ahead. Cyber Knife got ahead. And then Cody's wish there at the end. To win by a head feel good story of the breeders cup award definitely this one i can't say enough about the top two finishers here love them both hopefully both of them come back i have no idea if either one of them are but hopefully both of them keep running because they're nice horses yeah it hurt rumblings that cyber knife would would be done after the breeders cup and that might be his swan song here we'll see what he that they end up doing with him he's turned into he's turned into quite a horse really you know if you look at his start of this year you know, all the way to, you know, winning the Arnstar Derby and then, 
know not not doing anything in kentucky derby but then continuing to you know you know run and, and run well in these big races winning the haskell running well in the travers um just kind of showing up to a lot of these races and, and it has been a really nice horse all year and you know i cody's wish is one of those you know looking back it's like it's one of those that you, you felt like you needed to try to beat and honestly you needed to try to feel like you needed to beat both cody's wish and cyber knife and then you but then you look back and you're like, you know what? That was pretty dumb because these two horses are clearly a lot better than the rest. Clearly. I mean, yeah. And I, I had Cyberknife on top, Cody's Wish second. Uh, and that was the story of my Breeders' Cup. <laughs> I always had, a, had it where I just needed to flip it, kind of, you know, and it would be fine. But yeah, I listen, I, I thought Cyberknife was going to dominate. And he kind of did. It turned it for home, but Cody's wish was right there with him. They kind of dominated the rest of them, but I thought I thought Cyberknife was going to be tough as nails, uh, turning for home, and, and Cody's wish was able to get him. Great, great race. All right, uh, feel good of the of the Breeders' Cup. I completely agree with that. All right, it's going to race six, the Philly and Mare uh, Turf, and uh, you know this was one of those that uh, I, another case where we thought we could beat the favorite in Nashua. We were right um we were wrong and right very much so in this race and that was again another story of the breeders cup but i honestly this one i look back i'm kicking myself because the closer this i did use tuesday in my top four and a horse that i liked underneath but the closer we got and obviously as good as aiden o'brien had been ryan moore had been riding uh there's a way the horse looked the way the horse was being bet i kept having this feeling that tuesday was going to run really really well and I also had this feeling that an Italian would do what we thought he, what she might do and run a really good race. It just couldn't quite hold off um, the winner. I hate to say that Regier was the horse that I thought would win. Um, awful pick, no, no doubt about it. But I really wanted to play, really wanted to play a five nine over eleven straight exacta. So I really thought one of those two horses would win and kind of edge out an Italian. So that was, this is kind of the start of my um, either wanted to bet did not bet or bet and shouldn't have bet the <laughs> stretch i had uh on saturday at the breeders cup but tuesday ran huge here for another another win for ryan moore i bet in italian and it took a track record to beat her and that's how i feel about this race i thought she ran she ran huge she ran really so well good. ran way too fast early but still ran so good like i said new track record it took the beater and of course it happens um yeah, listen, Tuesday, very, very good. Another European horse just runs its eyeballs out and beats one of ours, even one of ours that ran extremely well and just couldn't couldn't, couldn't hold him off. Held off Nashua, a horse that I was, uh, you know, decided, look, I'm going to go against. I'm going to try to beat her. And I did beat her, and I still lost because uh, Tuesday ran so well. Uh, really good uh, race for both these horses, though. I was, I was really impressed with both of them. And uh, Tuesday gets the award for worst-named Breeders' Cup winner. The, the the call was kind of fun. Tuesday wins on a Saturday, but still, it was uh, yeah. It was, that's a really <laughs> I think it's a proper um, award. Twenty two to one you get on this executive, which even is a killer when because it's so gettable. Yeah, it's so gettable that I watching this for after it was done, especially when you saw Rougier just backing up the whole race basically. Yeah, I'm like man, why didn't I not play that? Because it is you could even though you you didn't imagine it take a track record to beat her. It was definitely plausible where she's going to run a hell of a race and just get caught late. 
I mean, that that was kind of what we hoped for, but we thought it would be Rougier um, uh, to get it done. You kind of felt like that might be what happened here. And the, when this race finished, it was just, a, I was really upset with myself for not playing this because I, I, I feel like I, I had a good feel for it. I just didn't play it. And even if you're going to name a horse after a day, Tuesday, I would argue, is the worst day to name a horse after. Nah, Monday would be the worst. But Monday, at least it's kind of ironic, kind of funny. Tuesday is the the forgotten day. Is there, anyway. is there a horse named Case of the Mondays? I feel like that would be a good horse name. Case of the Mondays would be a great name for a horse. Yeah, but I, I have no idea if there is or isn't on that one. No, no clue. Um, all right, let's go to uh, race seven. This, all right. So I told you the last race kicked off my bad betting stretch. Well, this continued it on and really given that nice little explanation point to it. Race seven, the Breeders' Cup sprint. Uh, Jackie's Warrior, the heavy favorite, kind of looked, you know, had the Golden Pal feel as far as Cave Rock feel. Can't be beat here. You wanted to beat him. We thought Jack Christopher being here scratched out. So you wanted to beat him, but then thought, who can beat him here? Like, he like he, he should have everything his own way, however he wants this race to unfold. And he kind of did. Um, I Looking back, I thought he, people kind of, I've seen mixed opinions about the trip. I That, to me personally, is how I wanted to see him run. I wanted to see him sit off of some cheap speed, uh, which he did. And I just... I guess you could argue the wide, you know, he kind of had to make a choice there when they turned for home, go inside, go outside, got floated out. But ultimately, I don't think that cost him the race. Uh, he just didn't have that kick that we had seen from him. And it's really started his race prior. So maybe he just got tired uh, at the end of the season. But yeah, definitely the biggest bummer. I'll tell you that. That's my award. Uh, Jackie's Warrior for sure. I would agree. We'll give him that award. I, I don't think I need to give him one because you're right. It was it was not fun to watch him lose. Um, look, I'm an idiot for this because I had a feeling the whole time he was going to lose leading up to it. And I, that's why I was so excited for Jack Christopher. And then he didn't he didn't run. And I just like an idiot said, oh, well, Jackie's Warrior will win now. I talked about elite power almost as much as Jackie's Warrior on all of our shows. And I, you know, I, I should have just put elite power on top and didn't do it. Uh, this started a pick five that, that that was cashed in though. So that's the good news. I did use elite power on, on this uh, late pick five that cashed, but I should have just went ahead and made him a, the winner. I just felt like even though he hadn't faced anybody, he was running really, really well and was getting better with each start where Jackie was starting to taper off just a bit, you know, living you learn. Um, but when you have a feeling in your stomach Ah, he's gonna lose. I just kind of have this feeling. Just and then your horse that you want to bet against him scratches. Just try to go to somebody else. That's that's the best thing I can kind of say after this. And you know, turning for home, you you knew it's like yeah, he's he's not gonna win. And then mid stretch, it's like maybe they're all just so bad that he is. But somebody's gonna come up and get you in a Breeders' Cup race if you're not at your best. Um. He, he won, and that's the thing, David. He, he won two back, or I guess three back now, but uh, in the Vanderbilt stocking. Like, it was exactly – go watch the Vanderbilt. It was probably the best race, I felt like, of his of the year for him, where he just kind of set off that cheap speed. It was uh, – I believe that horse what, that went out was that Doc Amster or something like that. Um, but just blazed, and then he kind of set off and then pounced, and it just 
beat the shit out of the field. That's what she wanted. To, I thought I wanted to see here. Um, I don't think him. I, I personally don't think there was anything. If it, whether he tried to go absolutely crazy up front or anything would have mattered. He just seems like a horse that's just too tired or something. Um, now it just a, you know, it's funny too. You're right, and that's one of the my biggest. So I'll start off my my lessons of of my my betting lessons of the what I learned. Um, you know, this was the biggest bet, single, like, straight-up bet that I made the whole day, or whole two days, I should say, uh, on the nose of a horse that I was trying to beat uh, a week before. Okay? So that that was, like, you know, because in I, I wanted to beat him with Jack Christopher. Anyone, really. And even a couple weeks before, I'm like, after that last one, uh, where he got beat by Cody's Wish at, at Saratoga, is like, I, I don't know if I can play him in the... In the uh, in the Breeders' Cup, right? I'm gonna try to beat him. Yep. And it just kept on coming back, like, well, who's gonna beat him? I can't come up with a horse. I can't. And then next thing you know, I'm playing a huge win bet on him because I liked his odds. And I thought, well, surely he can't win. Maybe I'll, you know, like, I, I had 200 to win on him. When you know, get 170, 180 back, and just call, you know, and move on. It just, you know, when I look back on it, when you think about it that way, you're just like, what are you doing? You know, like it just, just a bad call. On my part, and more than anything, just I was really, really disappointed. Um, I liked the lead elite power too. Uh, I thought that horse had a big chance here, but I still didn't think. Here's the thing: if he gets, if he runs a big race, he just gets nailed by elite power. Elite power has been running really well, but CZ Rocket beat you. And and let me be clear: like CZ Rocket and Jackie's Warrior were basically in the same position when they both were like trying to get home, and CZ Rocket outfinished them badly and so that to me that's just that <laughs> that's embarrassing elite power came flying from out of it a little bit and, and he's been running good so i can I, I could live with that but when cz rocket beats you it's rough when you identify something you don't like in a big favorite you know it, it doesn't go away just because the main competition left i don't think elite power is that good but he for this race he was the right horse because the big favorite we had identified kind of just wasn't doing that great and we thought was beatable then you get to the 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 like this race and you're like god elite power hadn't beat anybody cz rocket when's the last time he's won manny walk kidney obesos kamari you're like i just i don't like any of these horses but you're still better off because you got to think okay why was i going against him in the first place i didn't think he'd run like great well it's still the breeders cup and if he doesn't run great he's probably going to get beat that's where you look. I, I don't think Elite Power is going to be any kind of great sprinter. I just think he was he was the right horse on the right day. He beat a bad group because when Jackie's Warrior didn't show up, it became a bad group. And this group was just just like anything he had already been beaten or beating uh, on this run that he's been on. So I don't want any of these horses out of this race. I, I think uh, well, Dennis mentioned horse named Strobe. I would take Strobe against any of these horses if they ran next out. So. It is what it is, right? It's just it, you hate it for him and the uh, the connections and you know ask me to know because it's like a horse just ran. It's ran so good and and honestly, I've heard so many people, well, few people talk about how he's overrated and I think that's ridiculous. I, he's won every race you need to win as a sprinter in the United States uh, for basically two years in a row and just has not been able to get the job done at the Breeders' Cup. For whatever reason, maybe whether it be too last year, you can make the excuse of being too tired. 
maybe he was this year again i i don't know it's just you wanted to see him go out on top um we were with some people that uh sat near um the Aspison team uh during this race and they were obviously just distraught with that you know that you know because it just felt like i think i think honestly that was another part of it for me i, I think i let my emotions a little bit go into it into it too much because i just felt like he's gonna it's gonna be his last race he's gonna win his last race he's gonna do it this is gonna be the you know he's going to come out and end his career with the Breeders cup win he deserves it and uh this didn't happen so yep no and, and listen he unfortunately you can't lose three straight tri- times at the breeders cup as a big favorite and and for me be considered like one of the all-time greats right like he's good no. and that's that's where it ends for me with him good horse not matoli you know not not in that category he's probably he's like an he's an all-time good sprinter at saratoga how about that well he's probably at uh, saratoga he may be one of the best he is well as far as accomplishment he is the best of all time but and he is he's a really really nice horse who's going to retire as and and be remembered as a really nice horse but he's not you know he's not one of the best we've seen sprinting because he just could not get it done in the in the big spots um all right race eight our boy modern games gets the job done in the breeders cup mile finally can cash in on this guy uh man he just you know what this one felt after that disappointment of uh, of the sprint having modern games come back and win again and actually and actually be able to bet him uh just it was such a kind of a weird rate he kind of got pinched early on and like had a little trouble getting his his stride going so he ended up towards the back of the pack in the race and then buick just rode him if you, stop me if you've heard this before just rode him perfectly just very patient the whole way around and then whenever they kicked out, you knew when they when they kicked him out. And he was pretty far back when they kicked out the top of the stretch. You just like, okay, this this is over. He was awesome. I mean, this is one one of three that we would be really talking about a ton if not for the for the big beast at the end. But yeah, he was awesome in this race. Got way behind, had to come very wide on that final turn, and, and man, he, he made up the ground, and he hauled the mail through the, through the stretch to get by all those horses. He was flying. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's the Redemption Award. That's what Modern Games is this year. You know, we waited a year, and uh, it's, it's kind of funny. He was a single and a pick five uh, last year for me, and I ended up losing that because of obviously what happened. Um, and but at least he helped me cash a pick five this year. So I guess what goes around comes around um, in racing this year with modern games. Like I said, major redemption to see him do this, see him run so well in the spot. What's funny is he, you know, this was such a forgettable race, and I don't mean that in a bad way because I mean it wasn't. But because you had the next race, which which was an unbelievable finish in the distaff, then you had the beast-like performance um with rebels romance on in the turf and then you had of course the beast of all beast performance in the classic you kind of forgot about this one a little bit because of what all happened afterwards but yeah you're right hey how about ivar this this dude you got to the point where you have to key him in every in like third and fourth of every race he runs in whether it be some bullshit stakes race at keelan or whether it be the breeders cup because he shows up every time but he's like no threat to win ever but he shows up you got to give him credit for that yeah, he definitely is one. If you go, hey, I like Ivar today, and you're talking about a win, you need your head examined. But as far as underneath, he <laughs> is consistent. And you're right. 
it really doesn't matter what race. I really believe he might be the type. If you put him in an allowance today at Aqueduct, he's going to finish second, you know. Um, but he ran great. I mean, he. I, I see some people commenting, he did what Ivar does. If you bet him, that's exactly what you thought you were going to get out of him. So I, I don't know what it's going to take for him to win. I guess a class drop, he probably could get it done, but he just, he just can't quite get up there and beat these types of horses. But let's face it. Ken Ross was third after a terrible trip. Ivar's not beating Ken Ross. He's too good. Cheryl Spite, that was a surprise. Uh, ran very well again at Keeneland in modern games. I mean, he's just not that kind of horse. But boy, he he, he really, really ran well once again. All right. So let's, I want to get these next three are, are doozies. So let's get to these because I think there's a lot to talk about, obviously, with each and every one of them. Race nine, the Breeders' Cup distaff. The Philly, the, the mayor, Malathot, she gets the job done. Finally, this is a horse that just has continued to get better and better as the year has gone on and kind of turning into maybe, it's like at first, it, you know, she everyone kept saying, well, Ness is the horse we thought Malathot was. Last year, well, Malathot kind of keeps getting a little bit better and finally gets the job done in this big race. Of course, didn't win last year, which looked like she was a winner. And by the way, Malathot never looked like she was going to get there in this race and somehow got her nose down to beat Blue Stripe. Clarier got third. And Ness, we'll start with Ness because Ness was obviously went off as a heavy favorite here. You and I both loved her in this spot. Just a combination of a brutal ride, um, too confident of a ride, I'd argue, and really just didn't show up either. So talk about what you thought of this race and Ness in particular. I, the dumbass award of the Breeders' Cup goes to Irad. I have, I don't know what he was doing in this race. I, I'm just, I'm just stunned. Why is she second to last? Why are we five, six wide the entire time? I, I, I don't know. Like it, it, this is outrageous. The ride that Nest got in the spot and. I don't understand it. I, I just don't. And and you know what? She may have lost anyway, but my God, she she had no chance to win this race and no chance to show her best stuff. So really just a head scratcher uh, from that regard. Give a ton of credit to Malthot. Showed up, ran her race, got her trip. Boy, it took her, took her forever to get there, but she finally did get the job done. So give her a ton of credit. Adding the blinkers kind of rejuvenated her career. You got to give Todd Pletcher a ton of credit for keeping this horse going. Uh, looked like she was about ready to quit on him, and now she's a Breeders' Cup winner. So a lot of credit to Pletcher, a lot of credit to Malathot, and Irad, you're an idiot. Well, I would like to know why they hit the, the backstretch and Malathot and Ness are side by side. How, why is that? It's like, fucking stupidity. So then he gets her up closer, but of course took some out of her to get her up there and then never considers moving her inside whatsoever and just keeps her well. I mean, rode her like he thought she was 10 links the best in her the toughest race of her career, facing elders for the first time. It was just an asinine ride. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from, from Malathot or the, win, uh, uh, or the winner there, but shit i mean you just feel like another case that just you never really got to see the best ever because of the ride yeah i i want to make it clear i think Malthot ran fantastic blue Tri blue stripe clarier they all ran fantastic i'm not trying to knock them at in the least bit but when you're just out there floating around with nobody inside of you on the first turn out there wide for no reason 
And now people, you know, I've heard people say, well, Sias, Sias was floating him wide on the, of the backstretch of the second turn. Why the fuck are you next to Sias? There's no reason for you to be next to Secret O. So no, it's not Sias's fault. It's your fault for being next to her because you have a lot more <laughs> speed than she does. So this, I can't like, I don't know. I mean, I don't get on Twitter as much as I used to, but I just, I haven't heard a lot of people being critical of this ride. It's one of the worst I've ever seen. And let me be very clear. I had Malathot in the pick five, so it's not like this cost me a pick five. This was just ridiculous what he did for no reason. I mean, again, if she's a closer and you get caught wide, it's like, well, shit happens. But she's got the tactical speed to sit like third in this race and get the jump on these horses that came from behind. Malathot was ahead of Nest in this race. <laughs> How? Oh. I mean, did you really, th did you think going in Malathot would have better position than Nest? <laughs> no, absolutely not. And it's crazy when you think about that. Or Secret O for that matter. Well, did you uh, think Secret yeah, O would uh, be ahead of obviously, Nest? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to get it. Oh, it's just like, what were you doing? It's unexplainable, you know? And maybe she just like, was lackadaisical didn't show up whatever well you could at least try to not float her a hundred wide the whole race that you know that would be my rebuttal if it's like well she was flat well you could at least try to save a little bit of ground on her i don't know it's just crazy i, I don't know what the hell he was doing well and it's like could she was she flat because she was flat or was she flat because she had to go you know a thousand you know more feet than the winner did or whatever you know i don't know um but yeah, that's one of those head scratchers where you look back and obviously I, you take nothing away, in my opinion, you take nothing away um, from Nest and what in the year she's had. And, and obviously I still think she's the three-year-old Philly of the year, but um, yeah, it was just hard to kind of stomach that one. It's a little bit, that one was a little bit like Golden Pal in the sense where you just feel like you never really got to see the best of what she was or they were. Yeah, I mean, this was the Golden Pal thing. It's like, yeah, sometimes a starter might try to hold a guy, uh, a or, or accident. It's like an accident, right? The starter wasn't trying to hold the horse. It's an accident. This is pure stupidity. And that's why some of these other losses I'm not mad about. Like, I was dumb some or got some bad luck or was flipped. But this one was pure stupidity from a, from a guy that knows better, you know? So that's why it's just like, I don't, it's just ridiculous to me. I don't. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah, and by the way, I don't know how Malathot. I, I know I said it earlier, but I. St I mean, just watch, I'm watching it here in the background. I still don't know how Malathot won that race. Like, I, I midway to the stretch, like, well, I cannot believe Blue Stripes about to win this thing. Like, it, it, Claire wins fine, Malathot wins fine, but Blue Stripe, Blue Stripe, I just, can't, it's, I can't, I can't get on board with that. Um, and how Mal thought, I mean, that, that took forever to look at that too. That was an unbelievable, um, finish. Well, I, I think, I think what happened was, you know, blue stripe is blue stripe. It, she's gonna, you know, she's not really supposed to win a race like that. I think she was hanging a little bit and Clarier, you know, I have a feeling if she could have got a prep under her belt after that disaster at Saratoga, and I realized they couldn't, I think she probably would have won, but she literally was running off of a layoff. I think she ran as well as she could, considering the circumstances. I think Joelle 
gave her a great ride. And Clarier probably, if under normal circumstances, would have won the race. But those two ahead of Malthot just couldn't quite finish it. And she was able to get, to get the job done because she just kept kept the task, kept going, kept grinding. Yep. I mean, she definitely showed that she was not what um, Clarier, that is, like what we saw last time out from her. So um, just a weird performance that day. Uh, obviously, something happened that day in the gate. And then she didn't run a race. But yeah, definitely bounced back. But yeah, you'd like to have seen her get one more race under her belt. I mean, yeah, Nest obviously it's hard to take much away from her there obviously but she did her jockey did win the awards that's good for her in, in that yep. case right yep exactly um let's go to the the uh, breeders cup turf race 10 rebels romance my friend was dominant this horse man you know out of uh, out of all the uh, of the of the two days um this was the one that yeah, he's got six to one on on him here, and you know, one that you and I both picked on top, both thought was the best horse of the race, both thought it was the best Appleby horse of the race, and then I'll, I'll be honest, like I got way into my head in this race um, as it got closer, and and you heard the the talk from Appleby that he liked Nation's Pride better coming in here, that Rebels Romance would struggle with the turns, and I obviously the way the horse was bet the horse went off as a favorite nation's pride and the other one was off at six to one um it got in my head and uh i i this is my top pick into flight line you're getting 10 to one let me be very clear about that you're getting 10 to one on rebels romance into flight line i mean that's just insane and i'm like that's this is the biggest regret and why you need to have a playbook that you stick with the entire day and don't let the outside noise kind of affect you because I wanted to play a $50 straight double. So basically what you're saying is you're getting 10 to one on flight line, which returns $500. And I didn't do it because I was t getting talked off of this horse because of what was said about nation's pride. And so that was the biggest regret, but man, about the race itself. When they turned for home, I mean, this horse just ate up the ground. <sighs> You know, I, I can't really explain what happened with the trainer speak and the jockey situation. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why they played games with this. I'm just really, really relieved that I did not change my my tune here and stuck with Rebel, Rebel's Romance. You, you mentioned gobbled up the ground. That's why I picked him. That's why I was so high on him in this race. You watch the replays of these European runners and Silver Knot was very impressive to me and, and ran well, but Rebels Romance, I just kept watching his replays and it's like, they're not gonna hold him off if he if he fires that kind of race. And you watch Nation's Pride and it's like, I just, I don't see it. I don't know why that they think Nation's Pride's a better horse here. Rebels Romance has that turn of foot that you want. And thank God, like, like I said, stuck to it and he showed it. He ran fantastic. He's really, really, really a really nice horse. And he kind of finished the year undefeated. He was winning group ones over there. And it's like, come on, Nation's Pride. He's facing our three-year-olds. And, and this this horse is winning group ones. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the games they tried to play. I don't know the explanation. But I was, I was really happy to see Rebels Romance uh, come through and win. Well, what's funny is, you know, it... it if you could have stopped it at the top of the stretch and said, okay, this is where he's going to be. You've been like, all right, well, I feel better now because even though he was like eight wide turning for home, 
he got he kind of had uh he, he once he straightened out you're like oh this is over mm-hmm. like this horse is just eating these other horses here and he he just the, the longer the race went and by the way uh you look back we're like goddess ran awesome but we're like goddess saved every inch of ground in this race and went up the rail and came inside and kind of just kept i mean she ran great and i mean what rebels robots nine eight wide in the turn like that's how the difference of those two horses that and this horse just went right by her that's how impressive this was and mishriff i thought helped a little bit with rebels romance because he set off of, he was just to the outside and those two turning for home um were very wide turning for home but maybe it helped keep uh you know uh rebels romance just tur- inside just enough to where once he turned for home this race was over and that was the thing Appleby did say he said once this horse is in the straightaway like this horse is very very talented he just was worried about those turns and maybe losing too much ground in the turns and maybe mishriff helped enough mishriff you know folded there and i think that the big turn um hurt him but man rebels romance that was he was awesome he was and maybe that's what it was maybe they just didn't think he would handle these these courses or this course very well but you're right once they turn for home i i thought well this this thing's over like he's right there and if it's a sprint for home and he's sitting right there they're not gonna out sprint him and yeah look I, I, dave kind of david brought up uh He's got to, I mean, he's got to be the favorite, I would think, without the games that were being played. Because if you're if you're a replay watcher, and I, I am definitely for the European runners, listen, you were on the horse too. It's like you watch the replays. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to overthink this one. I think he's good. You think he's the best horse. So, yeah, thanks, I guess, to Appleby for playing the games. I mean, I don't really think he's the type that's going to lie. Uh, I was on record last year, just kept saying he was very honest. I know. So, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's, That's a funny track. about it. You're like, you're like, just listen to this. You even said it earlier. This, this, uh, for the, the producer, like, just wait till he comes out and says something about one of these his horses, and just listen. And I remember on Friday, he came out with the quotes uh, after I think it was after Silver Knot, maybe. And he and he mentioned Nation's Pride, and he mentioned someone else I don't remember, but he never even mentioned Rebels Romance as far as the way the turf was playing and how they will feel good about tomorrow's or whatever it was. And we all, you know, we read those at Monster Group, and we're like, that's weird, you know. And then you then you see the video later the next day, you're like, well, he likes he doesn't even like Rebels Romance as much as he likes Nation's Pride. He's got Buick on it. It's just all that kept kind of circulating in my head, where it was enough to. Hot, give me enough pause to not go hammer that exactly because then i thought okay i'll put the two applebees into um into flyline well i believe the nation's pride one into into him was like five to one or maybe even lower yeah. um and so you're you're and then of course you're playing two in this race you're cutting your value in half and so i just couldn't get on board with doing that and i wanted to have the the stones to play the rebels romance singled into flyline double at 10 to one, but it just kept coming back. And again, that's my, that's my, my lesson here is if you have an opinion and you're right, I thought the same thing as you, like, I thought this is the best horse. So I kept waiting to hear all the accolades and the amazing things that he would say about the horse and it didn't come. And you're like, "Uh Oh, what did I, what did I not see here? And so just stick with your opinion and, and bet it and don't care what the outside is saying. So that is a, 
that was my biggest regret because that would have been a huge return here and anytime you can say you can get 10 to 1 on a horse like Flightline, um kind of kicking myself for not doing that yep 100 yeah you got to trust your eyes and that's you know <laughs> like i said thank god because i could have changed easily i thought no I, i'm not gonna do it i've seen these horses anyway all right the main event um lots of big performances leading up to this race but nothing frankly like we've ever seen before uh here to raise 11 the breeders cup classic dude i mean I, i've watched this this is one race i have watched a hundred times since the breeders cup um and just continue it, it, uh, it, i simply wrote down for today's show i said you're not supposed to do what he did like you just simply uh, you watch that race over and over and not only did it did it unfold exactly if you listen to any of our shows prior to the the breeders cup this race unfolded exactly like we thought it might that you would have two races happening and you did at one point Flightline, who was in second behind uh life is good he was 13 links ahead of hot rod charlie that group was and then when he passed him um they were still life is good was 11 links ahead of any of these horses these two were in, in a complete game all to themselves and the and maybe the moment of the breeders cup in my opinion was when you kind of thought for half a second uh-oh like he's gonna have to he's gonna have to work to get by life is good today this because life is good brought it you see pratt do a little look back to see how far ahead they are of everyone else and he's not even made his move yet on the horse, by the way. And you know, uh-oh, this is over. And it was like flight line just was unbelievable. It was it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it definitely brought us back to, in time to 2015 at Keeneland when American Pharaoh won. I mean, he he looked just like him in the post parade, and he ran a lot like him too. You're right. I, definitely, life was good. Said, hey, I'm gonna go out and do my thing and give them credit they said we're gonna go out and do our things and and irad said once he said i look back and i'm like my goodness he's right there <laughs> you know like we should be kicking clear of everybody but he's right there and uh, i heard mike smith after the race he said you know a normal horse when they chase a pace like that like flight line did they're coming back to you he said so he said like i knew he wouldn't come back to me but a normally you're watching those two horses go and you're like, well, okay, one's going too fast and one's chasing the one going too fast. We're in a good spot, you know, but he said that horse is just ridiculous. He just will not, he won't get tired. And it was amazing how you watch the first turn and, and flight lines putting some pressure on life is good. And I'm sitting there going, oh boy, do not go out there and go with him early. That could be bad. And it didn't, then when they asked him to sit off, he just, bumped right back two links off just stopped him mm -hmm. waited patiently like you said life is good was running so smoothly uh turning for home you're kind of like well i don't know he's gonna have to go get him and then that you said a little look back that was like two seconds of a look back that was a look back <laughs> yeah. that you noticed from where we were standing way away from that far turn and uh yeah you knew then well we're really gonna see something quite incredible and we did. Uh, he, he, he threw away life as good, like he was total trash. And then, you know, like we thought, life was good, kind of packed it in after that. And then it was just a scramble for second because nobody was going to get close to flight line. What do you think it's like to be Pratt there in that case where you're like, you don't know exactly how far ahead you are. 
uh, of the group, but you know that you're on a push button horse that is ready to go when you're ready to go. And you look back and you're 10, 12 links ahead of everybody else. And you haven't even said go yet. I mean, this has to be how unbelievable feeling for a $6 million breeders cup classic for a horse that hasn't lost. And that, it, that's the thing, like just true brilliance. And you just know, okay, time to go. Just an un- unbelievable, uh, unbelievable performance i mean there's really no i'm running out of words to describe this horse but just unbelievable think about the horse he was that was ahead of him who he had no care about whatsoever right like that's why he's looking back he literally is saying well that horse ahead of me i will pass in two jumps is there anybody coming from behind me that i have to worry about that's why he looked so let's let's analyze the horse that was ahead of him he's never lost in this country he beat last year's Breeders' Cup Classic winner by the length of the stretch in the Pegasus at Gulfstream. Life is Good is one of the best horses we've had in the last few years. Flightline made him look like an idiot out there. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a thought in Pratt's mind that Life is Good would be tough to catch. He never gets caught. And he was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, Life is Good literally lost one race in Dubai his whole career. And Flightline just tossed him aside. And so, yeah, to be on a horse like that, I have no idea how much, how that must feel. And, and again, once Pratt gave him the go, it was like a second, Jared, and Life is Good was in second place. And it's like, oh, well, that's not even, that wasn't even a challenge for him, you know? I mean, the call the call was just like, at the moment he's like, here, they're gonna, it's gonna be these two to battle it out. The next thing you know, it's like Flightline's gone. It's just there's no there was no battle. It was just when he decided he was ready to go, and and I, I my bold take of this race is um, the more I've watched it, is if Flightline wasn't in this race, I think Life is Good may have won by six plus. I really believe that. So let's think about that for half a second. The horse that I think would have won by open links just got brushed aside by the winner. And ultimately did falter because this horse was being pushed by an absolute monster and had to go maybe a second faster in each fraction that he wanted to based off of that horse. And we've said it all along, like if there's one thing about life is good, he's going to throw it down every step of the way because he wants to be on the lead. He's not maybe, I want to say he's he's dumb, but he's not, he's not smart enough like flight line to where I can just kind of di- dictate how I want to run this race. No, he's going to go. And because you had flight line pushing him the whole way, he had to go faster. So if you think he's cutting, you know, because the bottom line is they were still 13 links ahead of everybody else. So even if he's not in the lead, or if he's not 13 links, he's seven links. I mean, we've seen him do that before where he just gets ahead of everybody else and they can't catch him. I don't think they would have caught him here if there was no flight line in this race. I, I guess if flight line won in the race, it would have been Hot Rod Charlie maybe with that try that speed to try to get up there with with uh, life is good uh, i think we kind of saw what happened when there's a horse with elite speed and hot rod charlie matched up in last year's breeders cup they just let him go right. and they would have just let life is good go like I said it wouldn't have been you know 13 but he would have been six seven eight ahead and guess what if he's only six or seven eight ahead he's going considerably slower up front which means he has plenty left in the tank when he turns for home i'm with you i that's why i kept saying it all week 
Life is Good is the second most likely horse to win. And he's also the horse you want completely out of your tries and exactus. Because he either wins or he's done. And JL, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. And I think there's a million ways you can go look at it. My point of it is, is I think he's has a huge chance of winning this race and not to just dismiss him as early speed or quick speed early on. Like, I think you gotta, we need to make sure we understand just how good Flightline is and dismissed of this horse who I can't argue would have not been the favorite to win this race and maybe won the race um, had Flightline not been. And that's what he does um, to horses, Flightline that is. And and uh, and past that, I mean, the, the, the bummer, I guess, of the race was, you know, we had I, Taba, uh, I thought Taba would get second here and just, he damn near did just uh, Olympiad. I mean, I think we can all agree that the odds on 27 to one Olympiad is, is nutty, 26 to one. Um, way too much value there. It was good to see him run that well. I just, was, we, we really wanted Taba. We had a huge bet on that double or on that exacta uh, as well. Um, but, you know, it really didn't matter at that. When he saw Flyline kind of skirt away, I, all I was looking at is how many links he's going to win by. Yep, absolutely. That That's just it. I mean, Olympiad ran great for second. Taba ran very well to get third. Rich Strike uh, put up a good performance, I thought, for fourth. And so you got to give credit to those three horses. They ran hard. They just were no match. And they were, like I said, it was a race of their own for second. And then finally, Epicenter gets pulled up, uh, Vandoff out of this race. Ended up getting injured, but he is okay. He's going to be just fine. Had surgery. Everything looks good now for him. Uh, for Stallion Duty, it was sad to not see him kind of, where's he going to unfold in that second flight of horses coming in behind flight line. But uh, good news is he's fine. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was a shocker for sure. We didn't really see it happen live, obviously. But then, of course, once you realize who it was, you're like, oh, shit, you know? Um, but yeah, he's fine. Um, had surgery, and that was such an amazing. They said that he got, um, you know, they basically took him off the track, went literally off the track, never stopped, went to to the, the ridden riddle, and just immediately went into. I mean, they they acted like this with this horse, and that was yeah. awesome. And that's a really amazing thing about the race being in Keeneland, as well. And uh, may have saved his life because of it. And uh, yeah, he's gonna be fine. And you know, obviously, good stallion duty now. And uh, Hopefully he produces a bunch of little epicenters that are just like he is or he was. But yeah, that was that was kind of the, the bummer of the race because you would like to at least seen what he can do. Um, there's no way he was going to win by by any means, but maybe he could have made a made a fight with Taba and Olympia there for second. Um, yeah, I mean, all right. So I'll ask the question before I end this thing because that's the next question right flight line's done he's been retired he's never he never lost a race how do you how do we rank this horse and i know everyone cares about rankings but is he the best how do you is he the best horse of all time no no i i think i think he is one of the more talented horses we we'll ever see uh you know he's up there top four or five for me with the uh, most talented horses of all time uh, for that I've seen in person or I've seen since 2007, but no, I mean, he ran, listen, he ran six times and that's it. And that you can't make up for that. There's only six races to look at. I mean, as far as is he the greatest horse that's ever ran, you know, less than 10 times, quite possibly. Yes, <laughs> he's, he's fantastic, but you know, his career will always kind of, you know, hinder how you look at him 
from a talent standpoint, he he certainly is one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, I, I'll say this. I think out of all the horses we've seen, like, I, there's no, like, you can't, like, we, we can't compare horses. Any, like, we can't compare a flight line to Secretariat or whatever because you just can't. Like, how do you even compare those two? But I will say this. Out of all the horses we've seen in person or just in our generation with the Eric Gates and the Pharaohs and the Justifies, um, I think Flightline is the only horse that I would, if I if it, if it was like, okay, put your best horse up against Secretariat and let's watch him run. However, you can make that happen. <laughs> Flightline's the only horse where I would say, mm, he might be able to do it. And, I, and, I, and I, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to say he could, but he's the only horse out of all of them that I feel like I had enough confidence in my... And I think the only reason I say that is because we have no idea how good he is. Think about it. Ever, all six of his races, he was never out of, like, second gear. Mm-hmm. Ever. He never lost... He never, never lost, but he never won a race by less than, like, I don't know, or, you know, six lengths, maybe, was, his, was like, his shortest margin. He's beat the shit out of every field he faced, including four straight grade one wins, including the classic. So I'm not going to sit here and say that he can beat a horse like Secretariat, but I do think he leaves that conversation open because of how untested he seemingly was. I agree. And and you, I think back to this, there's no horse, even Flightline now, that I was more high on and arrogant after he won in Dubai. Because he had went on that run where he won the Travers in an unbelievable flight line-like performance. He ran down California Chrome in the Breeders' Cup. He destroyed the first ever Pegasus, and he came from last to win the Dubai World Cup. At that moment right there, pause, pause time. He's the greatest thing we've ever seen, right? Yeah. If he would have retired right after that, we would we would have thought this is the greatest thing we've ever seen. When you continue to run, it's harder and harder and harder to keep that elite form. So now that Flightline is done at the peak, and we're not going to see him try to push the limits and keep going, that's what sticks in my mind. Because if if Arrogant would have retired right there, and then Flightline does what he does, I think you would sit here and say, well, I think Arrogant's still a little bit better. But since he ran over the the races, everybody's going to know. The more body of work you see... The more body of work you see, the the more you learn, and obviously things can go wrong. And 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 I think a negative for Flyline is his health. Like he never could stay healthy enough to be like an all time great because I think that has to be a factor. A horse like you know, the old like Secretariats and those horses that ran all the time. Um, there's something to be said about that. But from a true talent perspective, when you're talking about putting up the best of their performances, you know, Arrogance Dubai. Flightline's Classic, or or maybe Pacific Classic, whatever you know, whatever it is, those races, Secretariat's Belmont, you know, and you put all those in, like, in, in my mind, at least he, they're in the like he's in the ballpark of, of conversation, and that's enough for me. So I'm from not gonna. I don't need a standpoint. From a talent mm-hmm. standpoint, there's no question. He's he's in the ballpark of of some of the all-time greats. So there's no doubt. You can't you can't deny what he's doing, but. Again, when you only race six times, you know it better than anybody. <laughs> Anytime you line up in this sport, you can get beat. And yeah. all it would take was one loss for this horse, 
and everybody would be like, ah, oh, see, he wasn't that good. So <laughs> again, well, that just, we even talked about it before the race. We're like, if he loses here, Flatline will just be like a horse that was like, hey, he was really good for those races, but after that, we don't really talk about him a bunch. See, that's why I always look at American Pharaoh to be better than Justify when you talk about Triple Crown horses, because. American Pharaoh kept going, and sure, he lost the Travers, but fuck, he won the Haskell, he won the, uh, he, you know, he won the, um, uh, the, the classic. He, he was a winner as two, as a two-year-old. That body of work means more to me, you know, than just, well, we got him for four or five races, and he looked great, and then we're off into the sunset. I mean, you know how hard it is to win these races. You know, he, he never, he never went to Saratoga. He only raced, uh, you know, in one grade one at Del Mar. He didn't have, you know, multiple years of running at Del Mar in, in big races and you know, on and on and on. Right. So especially, you know, a horse that he, he couldn't run in the three-year-old races. And so that glamor of the resume is gone again, talent wise, fantastic. Resume is always going to make me go. No, I can't say like he was one of the all-time greats, you know, uh, of in the history of the game. By the way, uh, I believe 168 million is that what is he worth now? Because he uh, sold, sold two and a half percent. Yeah, I, sold I think for... it was 184 million. Uh, Whatever two that. Two and a half percent sold for 4.6 million. There you go. So he's kind of worth a lot. 200k a pop now. Um, mm -hmm. Sire, or, you know, stud, stud fee. So yeah, um, I don't for to be to, be, to, be, to yeah. Thanks, Dennis. 184. 184 million dollars this horse is worth if you look at that you have no questionable i honestly when they retired i'm like i would have done it too i mean shit i would love to have him stay right stick around but why would you you know you have nothing to to gain only thing anything to lose by having him stick around and unfortunately that's part of our part of the <laughs> the issues with our sport that mm -hmm. you know you can just retire now and be worth 184 million and just stop racing why would you continue so Anyways, um, yeah, he put a he put a he's a he's a very proper bow on a fantastic, fantastic 2022 Breeders' Cup World Championship. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a bummer too, right? Because it's like <laughs> after that, after seeing such a unbelievable performance and and just world class horse, that it's like you kind of have like a well. We'll never see that again. So now, what? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, what do we have to look forward to? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's like, wow, what what's next year going to be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, shit. Uh, you look back and you're like, okay, uh, flight line done. Olympiad, I haven't heard what they're going to do with him. Um, table will be back. What's you know, Rich Strike will be back. Life is good's done. Hot Rod Charlie, he might be done. I mean, Epicenter, he's done. So, like, when you look at this field, a lot of these, I mean, is Taba now your favorite to win the classic next year? I mean, I don't know, but uh, it seems crazy. But see, like, you know, by 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 default, a lot of these horses are, are uh, who's gonna win and how you know, who, how, who's gonna, what's it gonna take to win? It's certainly not gonna take a fly line effort. So, yep, no, it's. We're back to normal next year. I don't know. I think Taba is the favorite right now to win the Pegasus. And I don't know past that, but you would think he's going to be tough in that race. I don't know who else. I don't, I don't know who else all is coming back, but um, yeah, he's going to look good in that race. 
200 200k um what do you get paid yep not 200k no no not even at your prime not even at your prime you weren't getting 200 no just short just short <laughs> two dollars maybe but yeah maybe <laughs> if you're lucky you can leave going, I, would actually. Take, I would take it to it i would take it two dollars um i would take one dollar <laughs> well these days this day and age for sure yeah <laughs> um all right it's all time i check out racing.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page click the get racing news premium button the menu at racing.com to learn more make sure you stick around for the magic mike show later on this afternoon they will be doing the del mar del mar's back for the fall meet del mar saturday late pick five preview see if you want some more analysis of that uh, make sure you stick around and check out the Magic Mike Show. Well, RacingNews.com is your destination site for all free horse racing picks for all the major horse racing tracks. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore News, Instagram, and Facebook. Find all episodes of Blinkers Off and Magic Mike by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, all the places you listen to podcasts. We are on there. Um, again, Magic Mike Show, late pick five at Del Mar. Del Mar going, Halterman. Uh, so it's good to have that track back and a little... A little action as we kind of get back into the regular swing of things post Breeders' Cup. For sure. How are you uh you excited for your trip? Um, yes, I am. I, I'm excited. Eureka Springs. If you're gonna be in Eureka Springs this weekend, <laughs> come find me. We'll have some fun. <laughs> I've never I'm been. I've never been. Be I, I I've never been, so I I don't know what what to expect. Speaking of that, I want to say thank you, and uh, it really, you know, it means a lot to us. All the people, I mean, we got, we had tons and tons of people come up to us, um, take pictures, um, say hi, whatever, at the Breeders' Cup that are fans of the site. You know, those of you listen to Blinkers Off or some of our videos or you know subscribers or whatever, you know, it was so cool to see everybody. And, you know, that's one of our favorite things to do at the Breeders' Cup or any big event to see all the people that, you know, that, that are fans that help us do what we do. And so um, it was really cool to meet all you guys and, and, and hang out with a bunch of you guys. Um, we had a hell of a time uh, with the group on, uh, especially on Saturday, even though it was uh, kind of going downhill a little bit from some of our betting perspectives. Flightline got it back. And, of course, just it was it was a fun time. We had a good time with all you guys, so we appreciate it. It, it was great to see everybody, and you know, like I said, uh, greatly appreciate everybody for watching and and supporting the site. Yeah, it was it was great. We met a lot of uh, new people, and that's that's kind of the most fun thing about going to uh, the Breeders' Cup, the Derby, and obviously like Saratoga over the summer. You meet a lot of people as well. So yeah, thank everybody uh, for watching, and thank everybody for saying hi. It was uh, it was just a ton of fun. All right, I'll let you get on the road, Halterman. I know you got lots of plans. You probably got a got an early dinner on your hands. Maybe uh, maybe a little dessert. You probably go to bed by about nine o'clock. Oh. I lots haven't heard yet. I have not heard yet what we're doing. This is going to be a little bit different trip than we had. Uh, yes, <laughs> in the in the frat house. Well, um, now my brother is going though, so. We'll see. My brother likes to have a good time, so see what happens. Does he? He does. Like, yeah. Like Mike Samich kind of good time or just good time? I I don't. <laughs> no, not Mike <laughs> Samich good time. <laughs> 
but yes, he does like to have a good time. So we'll see. It could be good. Oh boy. Yeah, that's uh that was fun. Anyways, I'll leave it at that. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in to Blinkers Off. Again, make sure you stick around later for the Magic Mike show. Until next time, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Alterman. Good luck this weekend, guys. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs> this has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com. Your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 